You are now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we're going to be dissecting the Sixers, letting another large lead slip away. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today, we will be dissecting the team, letting another large lead slip away on Friday, getting into the team's win over the San Antonio Spurs on the road, and Joel Embiid's dominance on the road, and more Ben Simmons trade talk. I am Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire. I'm going solo on this one as Keith Pompey is in San Antonio getting some work done. He will rejoin the podcast on Tuesday. So... All right, guys. So over the weekend, the Sixers had an interesting weekend, right? They had they had a, a 24-point lead at home in the third quarter against a Los Angeles Clippers team that was missing both uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It kind of just seemed like that was set up for another Sixers win, right? But wrong. <laughs> I mean, pretty much from when they went up by 24, the Sixers pretty much just you know committed a lot of errors. Um, they were sloppy with the basketball. There was a lot of turnovers. There was a lot of, I guess, really just familiar issues with this team. Um, honestly, it really just kind of brought up shades from the 2021 playoffs when they had a 26-point lead at home in Game 5 against the Atlanta Hawks, and they let that one slip away, and they ended up losing that game. Uh, give them credit. They were able to bounce back and go into Atlanta and win Game 6 on the road to force a Game 7 back in Philadelphia. But they weren't able to get that done either. And I remember they had a lead in that game too. Obviously not as large as 26. But they had a lead in that one too. And then they let it slip away. So 24-point lead against a Clipper team that was without Paul George and, and Kawhi. And, and Joel Embiid, again, he, w- he was absolutely terrific. Um, he finished with 40 points on Friday. It, it, it was just another dominant performance from the big fella that just kind of seemed like it got wasted. Uh, Tobias Harris played really well. He had 21 points, 8 for 13 shooting. Tyrese Maxey played well um, as he was able to chip in and, and help Joel and Tobias. But the, the team really was not able to close this one out and it just it kind of seems like it's been a little a little bit of a familiar issue with this team over the really over during the doc rivers era if we're going to be completely honest with you and i know they've blown leads um during the brett brown era too i mean you know there there were there have been plenty of leads that they blew that they weren't able to close it out but it really does just kind of seem that during the doc era they have these big leads and they're not able to close the games out. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe that's just because they don't have, you know, that number one closer from the perimeter to get the job done. Right? I mean, like, this. we all know this team needs another perimeter score. They need somebody who can break down the defense and be able to get to the basket and really be able to help Joel, uh, excuse me, to help out Joel pretty much when the game is on the line. You know, you're going to need somebody to help out. Normally that role would fall on Tobias. And he did a really good job during the 2020-21 season. I feel like Tobias, in my opinion, should have been an all-star in 2021 with the way he was playing. Um, just unfortunately, just it did not go his way. But now, it's this season, he hasn't been able to really hit shots with the same efficiency. As we all know, his field goal percentage has been down. His three-point percentage has been down. Um, 
he still has been able to find ways to be effective, in my opinion, with the way he's been able to attack the glass. He's been pretty good with his passing. He's been more than solid on the defensive end. I feel like he's been really good on that end. And he's still been able to put up 18 points. But Tobias is not this guy who you get the ball to and be like, okay, man, go get us a bucket like he was in the 2020-21 season. It just kind of seems like everything has kind of been down in terms of uh, just his shooting percentage and, and the way you would normally trust Tobias down the stretch of close games. So that that was a really big issue against the Clippers. They weren't able to have a guy from the perimeter who could close games out, really. Um, and then also on the other side, the Clippers were getting a lot of open three-pointers, and that's mainly due to the Sixers really, and again, familiar issues, bad transition defense. Um, really poor and sloppy with the basketball. And, and again, I feel like, again, this could also be attributed to the fact that they are hurting at the guard spot. They don't have, obviously, the Ben Simmons thing is a huge, huge issue when it comes to this team. It doesn't matter what they win. It doesn't matter how many times they win. It doesn't really matter as long as Ben Simmons is not out on the floor. That is going to be, you know, a really big issue um, for this team moving forward. And on top of that, they didn't have Seth Curry on Friday as well. So, again, you're really relying on a, a young Tyrese Maxey, who's not a rookie, obviously. He's in his second year, but he's 21. He's 21. And and I feel like, again, they're putting a, a lot of pressure on this kid to be able to really step up and, you know, run the offense and, and – and, take all this pressure that he is receiving from opposing teams and give him credit. He has had a lot of moments where he has, um, you know, stepped up to the challenge. I feel like even in that Clipper game, he stepped up to the challenge. But, I mean, he had a he had a turnover here and there that really stepped up. I mean, um, that really caused an issue. Joel Embiid even had five turnovers. And the big fella mentioned it after because, you know, you know, Joel had another huge game. Like I said, he had 40. But – he was asked about it, and Joel pretty much stopped him, uh, stopped the one reporter, and said, "Listen, I am, uh, I had five turnovers. You know, um, just it is what it is. We need to be better. Uh, and you know, like there, there was, there could have been like a human nature factor, right? Because when you're a team by up by 24 points, you're facing a team that is missing their two best players." Human nature does play a role and a factor in that, right? You know, you're you're going to have some issues there where it's like. Oh, okay. Maybe I don't have to be as sharp like on this possession like I normally would have to be, right? Uh, I, I wouldn't have to do this in, in, in this situation that I did earlier because we're up by twenty four. It's a little bit of a leeway, a little bit of a, I guess we'll say a margin for error, right? So that possibly could have been a factor, but at the same time, man, I mean, up by twenty four and you let that one slip away is just it's tough. And you know, Doc was asked about after the game and. And he was asked by a reporter how much the loss could be attributed to coaching. Doc did get a little testy. But it was also emotional. It was an emotional uh, time. They had just blown a 24-point lead. Now he's going to answer questions about his team blowing said 24-point lead. And, you know, Doc is going to – Doc is an, an emotional guy. You know, he's an emotional coach. This is why he's one of the, the better coaches in the NBA. Um you know, basically, essentially, he said, would you ask that question to pop? And I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, would you ask that that question to pop? No, you wouldn't. Don't do that to me. I've earned that. And I feel like a lot of people kind of took that tweet and ran with it. Uh, excuse me, that quote, I should say, and ran with it, right? Because basically, people are upset. The fan base is upset. And, and that's fair. But and, and Doc Rivers, sure, he's not Greg Popovich. You know, Pop's got five rings and everything. But Doc has had a lot of su- lot of success in his career, right? He's got a great winning percentage. He helped turn around the Orlando Magic. 
uh, he really helped turn around the Los Angeles Clippers too. Like a lot of people seem to forget that the Clippers were one of you know the worst franchises in the NBA. You know the Clippers were a perennial punching bag in in LA, and they have they've really been a laughing stock, really, right? You know the Clippers were always crazy like that, and then Doc kind of goes in there, and Doc takes over the Clippers, and they really do a hell of a he really does a hell of a job kind of setting the culture there and setting a standard. And the Clippers all of a sudden were a team every single year, guys. We were talking about the Clippers possibly being winning a championship. Now, granted, you got to have talent to win, right? And those Clippers teams, you know, they had Chris Paul. They had Blake Griffin. They had J.J. Redick and DeAndre Jordan. And then uh, later on, you know, Doc coached a year of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And ultimately, they weren't able to get the job done. But um, And, and, and I, I understand his teams have blown a lot of leads. His teams have blown a lot of these. We all remember 3-1 in 2015 to Houston. We all remember 3-1 in 2020 against Denver, you know. Uh, and then everybody remembers the, the even the blown leads in the playoffs with Philadelphia. So it's understandable. But I, th- I feel like a lot of people need to kind of pump the brakes again on the, the Doc Rivers hate and, and Doc Rivers this and that. Because Doc even turned the Sixers around a bit. They went from the sixth seed in 2020 to being the number one seed in 2021 for the first time since 20 years when Allen Iverson was roaming the court and winning MVP. So um, the Clipper game was rough. I understand that. It was definitely – it was a game that the Sixers really just could not let slip away, and they did. And I understand a lot of that is going to fall on Doc Rivers. Um, but I feel like, again, like a lot of people need to kind of just pump the brakes a little bit and understand what this guy brings to the table. Coming up next, we are going to talk about the win over the San Antonio Spurs, being able to bounce back. But first, let's hear from True Bill and Built Bar. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download True Bill to take control of your subscriptions. True Bill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with True Bill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. True Bill makes it incredible incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. I love Truebill. They've helped save me hundreds of dollars on subscriptions that I don't even use. I use Truebill and you should too. Like Matthew B who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and saved another $840 a year on my car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions, right? If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or, or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy but just get so boring. By like week three you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories 30 grams of sugar and dozens of net carbs and there's so many flavors to choose from coconut almond peanut butter brownie raspberry cookies and cream salted caramel mint brownie and many more in fact built is always coming out with new limited time flavors so check out built.com often to see what's new go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 
for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, guys. Now, the, the Sixers were able to bounce back. They were able to knock off the San Antonio Spurs on Sunday night, 115-109. to 109. Uh, They are now 17-9 on the road, which, honestly, for the, for the Sixers, that, that is impressive as hell. And, and, and really, that's impressive for any team to be able to go 17-9 on the road. But for the 76ers specifically, that, that's a team that has – really been bad on the road over the last excuse me over the last couple of years and really they've really been tough at home tough to watch at home i should say like the sixers like sitting at 17 and 9 right and on on the road and and, and that shows off a lot of maturity because that really allows a, allows the team to really have confidence going into the playoffs that they can get it done on the road, you know, because that's always going to be a big factor when it comes to playoff time. Are you going to be able to get it done on the road come playoff time in a hostile environment with uh, with your season on the line or, or really with the series on the line, like, you know, pivotal games here and there throughout this throughout the whole series? I, f- I feel like that's going to be a huge thing for the Sixers. But they're 10 and 10 at home. OK, and. With with the win, Philadelphia now sits as the number six seed in the East, and I, I know there's still a ton of basketball, you know, left to be played, but we're in the second half of the season now. You know what I'm saying? Like we're 46 games now into this year, um, and there's 36 of these games left to go. So we're in the second half of the year. I feel like standings all of a sudden now really do become like a serious thing. Um, Road records, home records, divisional records, all that stuff is going to be looked at a little bit more closely now that we are at this point of the NBA season. Um, so the Sixers with the 115 to 109 win over San Antonio, now that gets them uh, that's 17 and 9 on the road. It's a really good road record, but they got a five game homestand coming up and they're 10 and 10 at home. Then they start with the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday. Uh, they're going to take on the Los Angeles Lakers, who are absolutely struggling. It is it is absolutely insane, like what is going on with that team. But I'm pretty sure we all knew Russell Westbrook really wouldn't fit with that with that roster. Um, but anyway, they, they'll play the Lakers, and then they'll play the Sacramento Kings. They'll and then they will take on the Memphis Grizzlies and the Washington Wizards coming up. So this will be a big five game homestand for Philadelphia as they continue to look to build momentum. On the other side of things, Joel Embiid. That the big fella has, is just playing at an absolutely insane, high, elite level. Uh, he had 38 points, 12 rebounds, and six assists in Sunday's win over San Antonio. And that's how 12 straight road games with 30 plus points. That puts him in the same conversation as guys like Michael Jordan, um, you know, and Tracy McGrady. And, you know, he's still chasing guys like Will Chamberlain and, and you know, other guys for that record, James Harden, even. Um, it, it's just. It's really just impressive, especially when you look at what he's been able to do as a seven foot big man. You know, like like this isn't some guard who is able to break down a defense from the perimeter and knock down tough shots from three or be able to go inside and finish acrobatic layups or, or anything like that. This has been a seven foot big man who's had to pretty much carry this team on his back for the past, I don't know, couple weeks really to be able to make sure they get wins. And 
it's just it's, it's been absolutely impressive to watch um like like listen listen to this i mean you look you look at the, some of the names joel has been joining uh joel and b with his 12 with his 12 straight road games with 30 plus points uh tracy mcgrady had a streak of 12 in 2002 to 03 and michael jordan had a streak of 12 straight um road games with 30 plus in 1986 87 right joel the only guys who have had more have had longer road streaks or 30 plus points in this league or George the Iceman Gerben, James Harden and Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> it's just it, I, honestly this it's stupid to to like like, like look, look at what Joel is doing, you know what I'm saying? Like these are stupid numbers that he's putting up and really it's just been absolutely insane. And then even if you want to talk about Wilt in Philadelphia history, right? Embiid is the first 76er with three straight games with 38 point 38 plus points and 10 plus rebounds since Wilt in 1967 like my goodness that was so long ago and like no, nobody in this league is doing what what Joel Embiid is doing and it's just I feel like you know there there have been a lot of narratives out there that I kind of somewhat sort of agree with I mean um JJ Redick on his on his podcast, the old man in the three said the Sixers need to trade Ben Simmons and not waste Joel Embiid's prime years. And Charles Barkley says something about that as well. There have been kind of other storylines. Stephen A. Smith says something about it. And like part of me does agree with it, especially when you consider the fact that Joel, despite being 27 years old, right? He is 27. So like we can't sit here and act like he's some old man. But the big thing is. He's dealt with so many injuries between, you know, his back, his knee, his, you know, his ankle, like like something, anything that can pop up that you don't know how long Joel is going to be Joel, right? And I feel like we, we all need to kind of understand that, that sure, Joel is playing at a high level right now, but God forbid he, he takes one bad fall in one of these games and he's out for a long period of time, th- th- then the Sixers are screwed, for one. But then Joel himself might be screwed out of like a longer prime, if that makes sense. And I feel like this is something that we all need to kind of understand. I feel like this is something Daryl Morey needs to kind of tackle. I feel like this is something that uh, even Elton Brand, you know, Elton and Daryl have to kind of come together and figure it out. And, you know, Daryl Morey even mentioned it. You know, because Joel has been playing so great, uh, it, it does kind of maybe lessen the want to get a top 25 player. Um, it, maybe maybe it, it does kind of like maybe they settle a little bit. And I, I don't want to say settled. I don't think that's the wrong, I don't think that's the right word. But I guess maybe they will look more into just acquiring a bunch of really good players to put around Joel and be like, oh, okay, you know what, we can rock with this. These guys aren't top 25 players. They're not top 30 players or, you know, any of these can't miss all stars that we can put next to Joel. But because Joel is playing so freaking well right now, you want to be able to take advantage of it. And and let's be real with this roster construction, with the way it is right now and and without Ben, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to take on a team like Brooklyn. Um, or Milwaukee in a seven game series. So again, like 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 if you're Philadelphia, you know it just it does really just kind of feel like you have to be able to make a move sooner rather than later, but just because you don't want to you don't want to waste this. Now, granted, listen, Joel is on board with the Sixers waiting to see what they can get for Ben Simmons, 
but it just seems that like because Embiid is playing at such a high level, um, and you know Ty- Tyrese is continuing to grow as a young player, and you, you know you have Tobias, you know, on this contract, and everything. You want to be able to maximize your roster right now, which basically means making sure you get the right talent around Joel Embiid and continuing to push forward because he's just been so dominant um, on this road on, on the road. Uh, during the season as a whole, he's been really throwing the Sixers on his back. He's taking steps forward as a leader. He's taking steps forward with his passing. He's taking steps forward uh, attacking double teams. And it's been apparently obvious from the jump that he has just been absolutely terrific in every you know every way possible. And you know Philadelphia has to take advantage of it. That that's just that's just my opinion when it comes to Joel Embiid's dominance. You want to be able to capitalize on it because. You never know in this league, man. You know, this, your title window could shut very, very quickly. And the Sixers, you know, they they should begin to think about that over the next couple of weeks leading up to the trade deadline. And speaking of the trade deadline, there are, there is more Ben Simmons kind of, I guess, a mock trade out there that I want to get into. And then there are some other more Ben Simmons stuff that like we've all we've all heard throughout you know the weekend or whatever that we can get into as well. But first, let's hear from Bet Online AG. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. As we look ahead to the NFL championship games next weekend in each conference, I happen to like the Los Angeles Rams as a three and a half point favorite over the San Francisco 49ers at home after knocking off the defending champions in the divisional round. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, guys. So over the weekend, um, I saw something from the ringers bill simmons and you know i get it we all hear bill simmons name and you know i i can collectively hear sixers fans just go oh you know like who cares it's bill simmons but here's why i want i want to i want to get into it because it just it blew my mind um that that this man would even suggest that this type of this type of deal knowing the history of the philadelphia 76ers recently right so bill simmons goes on twitter um, and he, he puts out a tweet uh, of, a, of a trade prediction, okay? Now, the trade prediction is Ben Simmons to the Indiana Pacers for, uh, oh, oh, my bad, Ben Simmons and a protected first-round pick to the Indiana Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb's expiring deal. Wow. Wow. We, uh, Bill Simmons then proceeds to add that Indy would jumpstart their 2022 tanking process. Philly supersizes with a top 35 guy and puts in parentheses. And if it doesn't work, a summer trade asset. And he adds that they cannot waste this Joel Embiid season. So I agree with Bill for that last part. And I, you know, we just, we mentioned in the last segment, you don't want to waste Joel Embiid. Not now, not with the way he's playing, not with the way things have been going in the positive direction when it comes to Joel's development. The guy has been absolutely terrific. But you don't pair him with DeMontis Sabonis, man. <laughs> like, like, like that. that's the thing. That is the, the point 
that really made it real laughable a bit for me because DeMontis Sabonis is a good player. He's a two-time All-Star. 19 points, 11.9 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Really good numbers for a big man. For real, really good numbers. Especially playing for an, an Indiana team that is... I mean, let's be real. They're not very good. They've been struggling a bit this year. Um, and there's definitely some changes on the horizon in Indiana. We all know Miles Turner's on the trade block. Karis LeVert is probably on the trade block. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe not so because he just signed his, you know, his extension. But he could become a trade a- uh, trade asset at some point in the future. Um, so yeah, Indiana kind of just becomes the easiest team to kind of. But when it comes to these mock trades and these Ben Simmons trade predictions and everything else in between, that everybody be like, oh, let's hit up the Indiana Pacers and see what they can offer. And I get it. I get it. But DeMontis Sabonis is not the answer. And here's why. He shoots 32.2% from deep for his career. And when you play next to Joel Embiid, you need to give my man space. So... That's just not going to happen. All I, all I could think of was Joel Embiid and Al Horford again. And we all know how much of a train wreck that team was on the offensive end just because Joel and Al, that you know, they were battling for position really, and, you know, down low. Like, Joel wanted post-up space, and Al wanted post-up space. And they were trying to do the high-low post work, and it just it didn't work out. And I feel like I could just – I could envision the same thing happening with Joel and Sabonis and the two of them are really good players but just no the the fit would just be just be so off I just don't see how that would work at all um when it comes to Simmons and and you know like Keith and I have talked about this before and we, we both pretty much know that Ben's not suiting up for the Philadelphia 76ers this year unless they have like a crazy kumbaya moment where Ben Daryl, Doc, and Joel, I guess, is kind of sit in a room and, you know, just ha- have a, a little bit of a moment. And he and Ben decides, you know what? I'm with it. I'm back. Let me get my Sixers jersey on and, and let's just kind of figure this out. Um, listen, the trade deadline obviously is February 10th. Uh, it's January 24th right now. We, we, you know, we've got about 16 days or so leading up to the deadline. Just again, I'm not really sure what you can get for Ben Simmons right now, even if the Sixers wanted to trade him, like right now. Which I'm sure they do. I mean, let me, let me take that back. I'm sure they want to get this done like as quickly as possible. You know, like like like, like I'm sure they just want to get this done and find a win-win trade for both, you know, Ben Simmons and the Sixers organization. I'm sure they do. The the the, the biggest thing is though. And Daryl mentioned it when he hopped on 97.5, the Fanatic, uh, the Mike Missanelli show. There, you got to have two teams to make a trade, right? It can't just be one team. Be like, okay, here's here's Ben. It takes two to tango. And right now, the Sixers, as we all know, they have maintained that they will not trade Ben Simmons just for anything. They're not just gonna trade him for twenty cents on the dollar. They're not just going to, you know, give up on one of the game's brightest stars and and not get the highest value they possibly can in return for Simmons. So the most important thing that fans have to remember is this. Ben is a top 25 player in his own right. And I I feel like that's something that the fan base has really kind of forgotten. Everybody just thinks, oh, Ben can't shoot. 
and, and yeah, you're right. He can't. But what he can do is he's an elite defender, obviously. Um, I mean, first team all defense last year. Defensive player of the year, runner-up behind Rudy Gobert. He was right there. And then you also have to throw in his elite playmaking. And, you know, I mentioned it in the first segment. You know, I feel like Tobias Harris really is is missing Ben Simmons the most out of everybody on this roster. Tobias is really missing him a lot. You could just you could totally see the difference in his game um, from the 2021 season down to the 2021-22 year because Tobias is missing his ability to grab a rebound, push the pace, continue to push forward. And, oh, by the way, Doc Rivers even said we need playmaking. We need rebounding. That That's what I want at the trade deadline. So that pretty much describes Ben Simmons. And I feel like this is something that a lot of people need to kind of keep in mind. If the Sixers can somehow, you know, work this out with Ben, and I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe that trade or, or maybe that, that, that train is probably left the station. And, you know, Keith, again, Keith and I have discussed this all the time you know even here on the podcast we've discussed it off the podcast it's kind of this you know talking and whatnot we both know ben ben's not coming back this year he's not going to play for this team you know the next time he plays in a, an nba game it will be with you know be on another in another uniform on another team trying to revitalize his career a little bit but it does kind of seem to me that people forget how good ben simmons is that's just me They're, because the sixers miss him you know, you watch Sixers games and you can totally see where they miss him. They miss him in the rebounding department. They miss him in terms of being able to push the pace. They've kind of been near the bottom of the league this year in pace. And that's where Simmons comes in. So when you trade for Ben Simmons, or excuse me, you trade Ben Simmons, you have to be able to get something, you know, the same type of value in return. You have to. And, uh, Philadelphia native and South Carolina women's basketball coach Dawn Staley, she hopped on Danny Green's podcast uh, inside the green room. And Dawn Staley said, listen, Ben's got to go. If he's unhappy, then yeah, get him out of here. But the Sixers have to be able to get something big back for him. You have to. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to me, you know, like seeing people be like, oh, Ben's trade value is so low, blah, blah, blah. And sure, his value probably has diminished a bit. He hasn't played since June 20th. Um, of 2021, the game that was Game Seven against Atlanta. It's been a while, but a lot of people and a lot of teams know what he brings to the table, and I feel like that's something that will definitely play a factor, like in some point when it comes to the Sixers and their trade talks, because I mean they they know they they know how good this guy is, and that is going to be you know the big factor when it comes to Simmons trades. It's not it's probably not going to happen at the deadline. People need to stay patient and wait for the offseason. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you for listening in, everybody. I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time with Keith Pompey making his return.